Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the short book of 2 John and being challenged to watch our step. Now let's hear from Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us today. As always, appreciate uh, your faithfulness. I do have a coffee mug today given to me by my dear friends, the McGee's, Josh and Jen McGee, down there in Clute, Texas. And I think it's one of your church mugs. It says Revive, and it's uh, Habakkuk something, 3-2, I think. My eyes are failing me, but it's a bright orange mug, and I appreciate that. Appreciate your friendship more. Uh, We are in 2 John, uh, and of course, it only has one chapter, and we're going to finish today. So just 13 short verses uh, in this book of the Bible, but wow, every time I study a new book of the Bible, I'm just amazed at what's there, the riches uh, that God has reserved for us in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, it's that very uh, metaphor, it's that imagery that God uses in Proverbs chapter 2 about wisdom, that we ought to search for her as we would search for a treasure or silver, a mine for it, dig for it. And I think there's so much for us in our Bibles, uh, both in the reading of our Bible and in the study of our Bible, if we'd be willing to, to dive in and to study and to learn, to meditate, not just to, to read in a perfunctory way, not just to kind of get through my daily routine, but to allow the Word of God to dwell in me. Isn't that the language that Paul uses in Colossians chapter 3? That the Word of God may dwell in us richly in all wisdom. And I hope that your prayer even today as we dive into the last part of 2 John. uh, Look, if you would, at verse 10. We'll pick up uh, kind of where we left off last episode. Where the Bible says, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, so specifically the doctrine of Christ, what is true about Jesus. Because remember, all of Bible doctrine finds context in what is true about Jesus. Uh, The Bible is about Jesus. He is the key to the redemptive narrative of the Bible. Uh, Jesus, in all of his humanity, remember that was an error in the early church, that people denied the humanity of Christ. Jesus, in all of his deity, Jesus is all God. He is all man, the hypostatic union. And that those that would deny the truth about Jesus really deny the veracity of the Word of God. Because if the Word of God is about Jesus and we deny who Jesus is, then we're denying the central teaching of the Word of God. So keep that in mind when the Bible says here in verse 10, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speak. So what do you do with a verse like that? So is the Bible teaching that if someone doesn't believe just exactly like I do, then, man, I can't let them into my house. Uh, I can't let them eat at my table. They certainly can't stay over. Uh, I, I, I can't express hospitality. I don't even want to wish them a good day. I mean, what does this verse mean? Well, obviously none of those things. Now, we should be kind to all people, even people that disagree with us, even people that would believe in a false doctrine. 
Uh, sometimes people are just deceived. Um, so no, this is, has nothing to do with being kind to people. This has everything to do with partnering with false teachers and false doctrine. So, so th listen carefully to what the verse says again. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. Okay, so in other words, if someone is coming to your house and bringing doctrine in the sense of I'm coming to teach you something, I'm coming to share uh, this news. So think about it. Uh, back in Bible days, uh, they didn't have church buildings. Uh, church buildings were not a feature in first century Christianity. And so where did Christians gather? Where, where did worship services take place? Well, in homes and daily and from house to house. They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts 5, I think it's 42. So many of the churches in the early church were in houses. Remember, uh, Paul greeted uh, the church at uh, Corinth, and he said, and the, uh, Aquila and Priscilla, uh, they, they also greet you, and the church that is in their house. So it was not uncommon in Bible days for, for churches to be started in and to meet in homes. So it, it, it would be unwise and unbiblical to receive a teacher into a Christian meeting uh, and, and to allow them to spread false doctrine. So we need to be very careful about the doctrine that's disseminated under our auspices. So I would say to fellow pastors, well, we need to be very careful about uh, those people whom we would allow to teach in our Sunday school uh, classes in, in, in our, as guest preachers in our churches. Now, does that mean that they need to dot every preferential I and every preferential T just the way that we do? Of course not. Uh, this refers to core doctrine about Jesus. And the Bible says that we simply should not be facilitating doctrine that is false doctrine. Look, look at what it goes on to say. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. In the sense of, uh, of hospitality, in the sense of endorsement, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. In other words, if this doctrine is not going to be helpful to your family, then it's not going to be helpful to another family. If this doctrine is not going to be helpful to your church, that's not going to be helpful to another church. It's kind of like saying, you know, I would never hire that, hire that person to uh, teach on our staff that they just, I'm not sure about their doctrine, but I'll recommend them to another church. No, that would be bidding them Godspeed. The point is, look at the value of a teacher, not based upon his personality, uh, not based upon his ability, per se, but based upon what he believes and what he teaches. And that was very important, obviously, in John's day because much of the teaching that took place was itinerant teaching. They didn't have a, a full body, uh, a full canon of the Word of God yet. And so uh, as the Word of God was being revealed in various ways, including like this letter, People, itinerant preachers would go around and teach and preach. And some would claim to have truth or claim to have a word from God. But that claim was faulty because it did not align with the revealed teaching about Jesus. Don't fertilize that. That's what 2 John verse 10 is teaching. Verse number 11, the Bible says, For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. 
when I endorse a ministry, then I am a partaker in the fruit of that ministry, whether good or bad. Remember what the Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 5? That we, uh, as local church leaders, ought to lay hands suddenly on no man. Then the Bible says this, neither be partaker of other men's deeds, keep thyself pure. In other words, in Christian church, when we ordain people to ministry, what we're actually saying in essence is we endorse what this person believes. We endorse who this person is. We believe that this person is sent from God. So when we endorse somebody, then we are partaking in what the, the doors that open to them, the ministry that they, that they have, and we are partakers of their, their fruits, both good and bad. So very, be very careful about what you endorse is what the Bible's teaching here. Look at verse number 12. Uh, and I love this verse uh, where, where the Bible says, having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. So what is John saying? John is saying, hey, there's many other things I could write unto you, but I would rather come see you because sometimes things get lost uh, in, in, um, in just uh, on a piece of paper. Sometimes when you text somebody, they can't read your tone or see your facial expression. And what John is saying here is how much better for us to spend that relational time. And so there's a priority given in the Bible to relational development, relational connection. Now, think about it. Not only is John saying that in a, um, in a personal way, but this is also Scripture. So what is the Bible saying? Well, the Bible is saying here that there's many things that God could have told us in the Word of God. Remember what John said at the end of the writing of the Gospel of John? Hey, there's many other things I could, I could tell you about Jesus. And if I told you everything, the libraries of the world could not hold all the information. But I've told you the things I have told you for a specific reason. That you would know that Jesus is the Christ and that knowing that, you would believe on his name. So what's the point? The point is that the Bible, although there's a lot in the Bible, it's a relatively small a book of information. You can read it through in, in a month. <laughs> if you read, you know, uh, 30 or 40 chapters a day, I know that's a lot, but think about it. You can get through the whole Bible in a month, certainly, easily, 15 minutes a day. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. The point is, there's so much that God could have told us, but there's only certain things that God did tell us in paper and ink. And so it would behoove us to learn it, to know it, to follow it, to abide by it. And I think that's a good application and takeaway from verse number 12. Look at verse 13, last verse of the book. The children of thy elect sister greet thee, amen. So remember, as we talked about at the beginning of this epistle, that the elect sister is probably referring to the church body. So John is writing at a time of intense persecution, to write the name of a particular church might be dangerous. And sometimes just to use organic terms like brother and sister uh, to refer to a group of people would be endearing. Just like sometimes uh, we are referred to as the, as the body of Christ or as the bride of Christ. It's a very personal thing. 
So what is John saying in verse 13? He's saying the children of thy elect sister. So he's writing to, to one sister and this sister says hi. In other words, this sister church greets this sister church. The children, the members of this church greet the members of that church. And there's a wonderful uh, camaraderie there, is there not? That churches of like faith ought to have a, a great spirit of camaraderie. They ought to have a great spirit. Remember, John said, hey, don't bid Godspeed to those of a different doctrine. Don't receive them. Don't endorse their doctrine. But there are fellow churches, sister churches, that believe like we do. Again, they might not do everything the same way. They might not have the same order of service. Their music might be a little bit different than yours. They might have a different culture. But the point is that what they believe about Jesus is what we believe about Jesus. And boy, there ought to be a, a symbiosis there. There ought to be a, a connection there. There ought to be a love and an affection and a communication there. And that, my friends, is what John is saying. So in that sense, I feel that connection with you. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And when I greet you on this podcast daily, uh, in my heart, I just, I love the fact that you love the Jesus I love. Uh, you study the Bible that I study, and together uh, we can seek to please God with our lives. So I hope this book has been a, a help and a blessing to you. We're going to start a brand new uh, book next episode. Matter of fact, it'll be 3rd John, so I hope you'll be here. God bless you, my friends. Have a great day. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.